bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. Harris live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields filling in for the great Dr. Ken who is on assignment. Well, everybody, uh, it is good to be back. We we have a lot of stuff to touch on uh, from the weather to, you know, economics. You all know that I, we have to talk about economics, business, politics and money because that's just what we do. And then some of the temperatures, maybe we'll get into a little bit of housing. We got to talk about this air quality as a person that has asthma um, and is trying to get into shape, you all. I got to be honest, when this air quality thing hit us, you know, I was feeling it. And so you all let me know, call in to the truth and text line, were you all feeling some of the ramifications of the air quality. I know I was. My, my, my throat was hurting. I think Tasha's throat was hurting. But before we get into some of those things, and we'll talk about education as well. You know, Milwaukee, what's going on? Uh, 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 let me read the headline. You know, we, I, and I believe you all, we, we may have talked about this before, but somebody tell me, is it getting too dangerous in Milwaukee? 16-year-old um, boy was fatally shot on Tuesday, Milwaukee police said. The Milwaukee County Medical Examiner's Office identified the teen Wednesday as Raul Rios. Rios is the 15th minor to die by homicide in Milwaukee this year. Tuesday's shooting happened less than 24 hours after a nine-year-old boy died in the shooting. Police do not have anyone in custody and ask anyone with information to call them at 414-935-7360. So I was... I was thinking about what am I going to talk about today and should it be negative? Should it be positive? Of course, I want to hit you all with a combination of all of that stuff. But 
when I looked at this and the title alone, the 15th minor to die by homicide in Milwaukee this year. Y'all, let's do the math. It's, we're six months into the year, right? It's January, February, March, April, May, June, July, seven. Y'all, that's a minor getting shot. Almost two minors or more than that, right? We're talking about 15, divided by seven. You know, that's, that's two people, two minors getting shot a month. Our, talk to me, people. What, what, what is it? What's going on? Because I, I cram, as, as the old rapper, I think MC Light would say, I cram to understand. I, what's going on where minors now are being shot to the, to the pace of two a month? Two a month. And is it that we don't have anything for these kids to do? Is it bad parenting? Is it a lack of just, hey, nobody cares anymore? Because it seems as if whenever I come on the show, that part of the conversation is, you know, I have to decide on or not whether to talk about this kind of stuff. And the idea of talking about children losing their lives, at what point do we get to a point where enough is enough? And I'm not saying we're supposed to, you know, solve world peace, world hunger. I, I'm not you know, stupid enough to believe that we're going to solve it all right in one radio show. But I, I, you know, community help me out, help me understand, call in and give me some solutions because every time I look at these headlines, the question, where does it stop? You know, or where does it even slow down starts to come into play. And when you look at some of the articles that I'm going to be talking about, which, you know, do they feed into the chaos, the turmoil, the drama? You know, like, for example, did you all know that in some places of the city, the temperature could be higher by eight degrees? I had no idea. And so in, immediately when I'm looking at this stuff, I'm going, well, you know, in my hometown, we, we all know, we, and I don't think this is news to anybody, but we all know, I think it's kind of a prerequisite that when it gets warmer, you all, we, we, we kind of get ready, right? We prepare ourselves for the, for the oncoming, the onslaught. But then I'm looking at this, and let me just read this to you. New national data has found that when hot summer temperatures descend on Milwaukee and other cities, they can be exponentially higher in certain neighborhoods, dramatically increasing the impact and danger. During heat waves, nearly 40% of Milwaukee residents are exposed to temperatures that are more than 8 degrees hotter than the temperature forecast. According to new data from Climate Central, a nonprofit organization that reports on climate science. Y'all, that's, I mean, that's, that's literally like 70 degrees and you live in an area or a neighborhood that it's 78. If you get warmer, let's say the degree, the temperature is 80 degrees, but yet you live in a neighborhood where the temperature is 88 degrees. Does that factor into what we're dealing with? And as an economic development professional, you know, I have to take it a step further. And I'm thinking, you know, let's let's look at this game. If you were asked to buy a house, move, 
and you found out that temperatures were nine degrees hotter or 11 degrees hotter and colder in a certain neighborhood, does that impact the economy of that neighborhood? I mean, if, if they told you, hey, you can move here, but at the same time, you should know that when it's 70 degrees, it's literally 78 degrees here or 80 degrees here. Would that impact your decision? And it just seems to me that we have a lot of things to dissect, you know, and granted, maybe we're not at that point where people are making decisions based on how hot it gets. At least not everybody, because some people don't have a choice. But when you start impacting or start looking at the impact all these things have, where do we where do we go from here? Two, two, two minors being shot each month. That's basically where we're at right now. And what's going on? We have two minors being shot. We have a potential sale. Well, I, I, I don't know if the sales tax thing has hit you all yet. I, I haven't followed what the county did. But you got a sales. It starts January 1st, B. So now and B, I'm glad because I got to ask you because I'm not always in Milwaukee. What was the reaction? I mean, what? Let me ask you personally. Okay. What was the reaction for you? A, a potential sales tax increase. I mean, in all honesty, you know, I see the pros and I also see the cons. Because at the end of the day, all the cons affect the, the little people out here just like myself. That's right. You know, the average working uh, uh, person out here in Milwaukee is going to be affected. Whether you're trying to buy a car, you know, sales tax, boom, you're impacted. You know, if you're trying to buy some food, eggs are already going up. You know, right. the economy is going up and people are being kicked out their houses. You know, and there's a lot of homelessness uh, going on. So, you know, this affects everyone. You know, so I'm not for it. I, I, I wish they would have found a better way to go about uh, trying to uh, get monies out of people. But yeah. I don't know. I guess it's politics as usual. You know, I, it, and I agree with you, man. I mean, it's unfortunate. And, and I'm not said this. And again, I, I wasn't trying to I'm never trying to offend people. But when when you ask were was there some outmaneuvering that took place because, you know, a lot of individuals got caught in a well you screwed if you do, you screwed if you don't kind of scenario, right? Um, because even if they would have said, you know, we don't want to uh, do this, then would Milwaukee had gotten or does Milwaukee get the money? And if the question is no, then that means you got to come up with some other innovative, creative ideas to figure out how you're going to do this kind of stuff. How are you going to make Milwaukee a premier city? Now, I, I think Milwaukee is a premier city. And, you know, but I think you got to start selling the right stuff. You got to start selling the right assets, you know. Um, and again, maybe that's happening. Maybe it's not. But when you start adding all this stuff on B, to p the, the crime, now you got a sales tax, right? Now you got one of the most segregated places to live. You know, now you got education that's not that's considered one of the worst in the country. You start adding up all this stuff. And then you start looking at, okay, well, how do we get better? If every time we turn around, we ranked in the, in the bottom, what do we need to do to get better? And, again, I'm not saying it's not happening. Maybe it is. But it just seems to be a lot, man. It seems to be a lot when, like you said, B, you know, the average person, now everything you pay for 
is going to be more expensive in an economy that was already costly, right? <laughs> right? In an economy that was already costly. And so if you're not a person that has, if you're not wealthy or rich, you're you going to feel some of this stuff. You're going to feel every time you go get milk and eggs and cereal. You're going to feel that stuff. And then the, the killer part, which makes it even more crazy, is what happens to those areas along your borders outside of Milwaukee? Because now people are starting to look at, huh, if it's less expensive for me to move to a Wauwatosa or a, a West Allis, now you're starting to lose people because everybody moved with their pocketbooks. You know, just like everybody votes with their pocketbooks, people make decisions based on they how it's going to financially impact them. And so I would love to hear from the audience, the callers, you all, what do we need to do? So what do we need to do to turn this thing around? We'll have more of this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. And we've been talking about just some of the statistics, some of the things that are happening in our fair city. And how do we turn the corner? And, I, you know, I try not to sound like a broken record on some of this stuff. But I think when we look at some of these items, uh, I would love to hear from the community. What do we need to do? Where, do, where are we going? If we look at the violence, if we look at other areas, which we're going to dig into. But I want you all to see how all these things are connected. Because I think what happens with a lot of folks is that they don't see how all these things are connected into their city, their region. So looking at the violence, three kids under the age of five have been shot within three days this week. On Monday, a five-year-old Milwaukee girl was shot near 85th and Greenbrook. 36-year-old man was taken into custody. The following day, another five-year-old girl was injured in the shooting near 41st and Wright. On Wednesday, a three-year-old girl fell victim to a shooting they're 65th and Villard. Police arrested a 29-year-old Milwaukee woman and are still seeking a 32-year-old man. All three girls are expected to survive. And it's a trend in the city that continues to see young people being shot, injured, murdered. 
Maybe they are, you know, unfortunately, when you look at some of the suspects, you know, you got to ask, why are people this age range, how are they caught up with shooting five, three-year-old young girls, young children? And here's the issue that I want to bring to light when we talk about these issues. Because as an economic development specialist, I have a lot of conversations with people across, you know, across the country, across the nation, and, and, and definitely here in Wisconsin, about what makes a place a good place to live, work, and play. What makes a city or a region a great place to live, work, and play? And so I, we study these things. I study these things, and my job is to help promote some of this stuff. And one of the things that concerns me when I look at my city is that at some point, when you start looking at the data, you all, and I always stress the data, and you all will hear me stress data because if those of you who know me, you've heard me say this before. People's opinions about stuff, that's cute, but that's your opinion. Your opinion is not substantiated by evidence. It's, it's, it's not really saying anything. My opinion that me and Ben Jamin can be the two greatest dudes at the truth, right? That could be our opinion. But if that's not supported by data, then that's just what that is. It's an opinion. And so when you look at some of the data, which is when people start to make their decisions about where they want to be, then what's the trajectory of our city? Because you've got to have more wins than losses. And let's say the city does have more wins than losses then at some point we should be talking more about the wins. And it's not just good enough that the Bucks won a championship some years ago, right? Like, that's great, but that's not what brings people to a city. Nobody is going, hey, I want to move to the city because the Bucks won, right? That's not happening. Nobody is going to the city because the Brewers are doing well. They may come and visit, but they're not coming to live here. And that's what you need in order to make sure Things are getting back on track and turning around, particularly when you look at housing, particularly when you look at how affordable is it? And what I'm seeing you all um, from a person like me, uh, there are some there. There's room to have some grave concerns. You know, it's, it's if you all haven't heard that we're, we're, we're driving towards a cliff, that's 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 evident. And let me show you and read to you what I mean by that. So in one of these studies or one of the reports and that my office produces and, and, and we send it and we, we talk with other cities and counties across, the, across our region, as of 2022, the, and this is Milwaukee County, we can do the city and, you know, so I want you to take it with a grain of salt, but some of these same similarities are exactly the same issue the city is having. But as of 2022, the region's population declined by 3.1%. So 29,339 people moved. That was a population decrease of 4.2% between, between 2017 and 2022. Now, here's the kicker part, you all. The projection of a lost population going from 2022 to 2027 is projected to be 38,389 people. From 2017, jobs declined by 2%. The labor force participation increased from 
63.9 to 63.3. Well, it actually decreased. So let's, let's look at those two. If your population is decreasing, then the questions you got to start asking is, well, who's going to help cover some of the costs for services? Let's take mental illness. A lot of the governments and cities and counties, the money that they generate is by you all, taxpayers. So when taxpayers leave, guess what happens? The money leaves with them. If you don't have enough people contributing, then how are these services going to be delivered? So if you raise the sales tax and now it costs more money to live here, to buy things, housing prices are either insane, depending on where you at, and then you factor in, okay, we are averaging on average murdering or shooting two children or two minors a month. What, what is to attract people here? What's the, what's the job? Why would somebody go, you know what, that's where I want to be? So what, what happens is as people start to become better off, they move out. You want to know who replaces those people? People who are not doing so well. And when people who are not doing so well are not doing well and there's no help, what do you think the next step is? So let's go to the caller. You're on the truth. Sandra, you're on the truth. 1017 The Truth. What you got for me? No. Hi, Jason. What's happening? Uh, I was just listening to you speak about the condition of the city and uh, the killings and Sandra, I'll stuff be like that. Now, to, now right? when you first spoke about the tax increase, well, the taxes, they say, is only going to go for the pensions and police. So that wasn't for police to uh, patrol the city. They said it was supposed to go for police, 25 police to be in the schools. So, therefore, we're not going to have that police help that we we need. And uh, if it goes for the pensions, we're not going to have it. And they said, it's got to be spent for that, nothing else. And so, and then this one guy called one time, and he was talking about uh, bankruptcy. He said, he was a cop. He said, they've been hollering the same old story for years, bankruptcy, bankruptcy. And he's right, because I remember uh, Tom Barrett hollering about Milwaukee's going to be a Detroit uh, bankruptcy. And then... Um, and then they also sourced a lot of jobs to save money. So where did they save money there? Because a lot of stuff is outsourced here. Um, so it was a way to save money. They added street lights to our bills, our water bills. Uh, I remember when we got uh, added more on the water bills because of Illinois sued us, said we was polluting the water. So therefore, they put in the sewer pipes and all of this. So that's up high. And uh, uh, like I said, um, the disinvestments, because I'm 74. I've been here all my life. I went to middle school, high school, uh, elementary. And, you know, the jobs were here then, you know, the jobs, mm -hmm. the unions and stuff like that. So when they found that niche where they could take the jobs out and take them over to China and other places and do uh, and, and cheap labor those people, I call them pimps, pimp those people, <laughs> that's when a lot of the problems start coming in. And then I think by us being a democratic city, Republicans don't like that. And they own most of the seats up there. They get to call the shot. So make it look like Democrats ain't doing nothing. But Democrats, they weak. They don't have enough Democrats in there to say, no, we're going to run it this way. So, um, and I'm looking at everything they're doing, and they want to talk about us, especially black areas. They want to deplete. Every city depleted out the same way. So no one can tell me that is not fixed. 
every city where blacks are are depleted out the same way. And if you start reading about it, the same old story, uh, the blacks are killing each other, the kids are shooting each other. What do you think? If you deplete a city, you got raggedy houses, now you, you're building up the expressway, and when you get from just, say, Capitol Drive down to go uh, north, Oh, they got beautiful, those little uh, things that's up so you don't have to see their houses. But the time you come from Capitol to North, you get to see the raggedy, boarded-up houses. So, therefore, when people see that stuff, they're going to say, oh, look at that city. I remember going down south, and we looked at those raggedy houses and decrepitated houses. And I'm sitting up here saying, no, you know, because I lived here, so we didn't see that. But now we're starting to see that. And I think what we should do, and I'm going to put this one more thought, we need to go on strike, stop buying, spending our money. Stop spending our money, and these people will look at us in the right direction. You know, Sandra, thank you for the call. I, You know, a couple of things that you said that were, um, you know, just they just stood out. That people are, when you look at the political politics of this thing, and that it's very, you know, it's very evident that, you know, it's very evident that when it comes to, and I don't think this is an opinion, Mike. I, I, I do think you can look at the policies. You can look at the numbers. Uh, for example, uh, there was a study now about, uh, that WalletHub did. And, again, this is a study. This is data. This is not opinion. It stated that Wisconsin is uh, number 49 and 50, ranked 49 and 50, when it comes to uh, equity and wealth building for people of color. So that's not an opinion. That means somebody did a study and did some research, got the data, and said, hey, this is where you all rank. And so one of the arguments around, you know, I think this getting rid of diversity, equity, inclusion was that it wasn't needed anymore. And I'm sitting here going, how does the legislature, some of the some of the individuals in the legislature, you know, more Republicans, how do they come up with that and go, well, it's not needed based on what based on what data? What were you looking at that said Ah, we don't need these policies. And because if you can't justify it with data, then the only thing that we can believe is that it's intentional. Because there is no reason to say that you ha these things are not needed anymore when you start looking at the numbers. And I have some of these numbers. Like, And also, I would love to see, because I think, you know, at some point you all, and we've had this discussion before. You know, money matters. And I think, unfortunately, one of the things I think we lost from the civil rights movement is this willingness and ability to, number one, lean on each other and take care of each other in order to effectuate change. What do I mean by that? Tasha and I were watching Dear Mama. I think it was the, the Tupac um Tupac sort of, I don't know, not, not necessarily a biopic, but it was done by one of those, I think, Hughes brothers. And it's a fascinating, fascinating series when you look at his mother, what they were doing. I want to go back into that and how we tie what the Black Panthers in the life of Tupac and how it potentially, what we were doing to effectuate change and how we've lost some of that. We'll have more on this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth.
This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. And now I'm here, and you're sitting there cold stairs, wishing we was here, when back then I'd be right there, but I had a little too much so bad, cause you never could've. And ever since, I chose to stay true, say motherfucker me, no motherfucker you, you couldn't trust me, I couldn't trust you, but you never should've. And now I'm here, and you're sitting there cold stairs, wishing we was here, when back then I'd be right there, but I had a little too much so bad, cause you never could've. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. And we've been talking about, you know, what makes a great city. And I want you all to call in on the talk and text line to let let us know what what do you think makes a great city? And the reason why we're talking about that is, you know, I, I have some concerns. When I look at, you know, we're on average of two minors being shot a month. We're looking at a sales tax increase. We look at the potential cost of housing and lack thereof. We look at the fact that education-wise, we are where we're at. And again, this is no, I'm not pointing the fingers at anybody because to a certain degree, we're all to blame. Um, we, we don't have, quite honestly, a unified spirit of we want this to be better. The spirit in our city tends to be more of, um, you know, we want it to be better. We talk about it. But yet at the same time, I think there's burnout. I think there's people are like, look, let me just do me. Let me just survive because it's hard. We can't we can't ignore the the clickosity or the clickishness of my fair city, because Lord knows we are very clickish, clickish place. Um, And so at some point, how attractive does it come to stay in a place where, you know, the opportunities may not be as great as they once were. The environment is not as great as it once was. And as Sandra called in and said, you know, you look at some of this money, none of that money can be used, unfortunately, to even start attacking some of these issues. And so what makes this place great? And so I was giving you all some numbers, and let me continue to give it because I I have to reiterate that a lot of times we have to make decisions based on data so we can make intelligent decisions. I afforded, and to be quite honest with you, I afforded some of this stuff to uh, our friends in leadership, uh, and some of them took a look at it, and, you know, I think all of them did. But at the same time, now it's what do we need to do to bring the community together? 
So as of 2022, the region's population declined 3.1 since 2017. It's expected to decrease by 4.2%, in essence, number-wise, losing 38,389 people. That's 38,389 people that won't be paying taxes. That's 38,389 people that now, at one point, you were, you were bringing in some form of revenue. That's gone. Jobs declined by 2.1% from 2017 to 2022. Um, the labor force partici- participation rate decreased from 63.9% to 63. Educational attainment. 20.7% of Milwaukee County residents possess a bachelor's degree. That's 0.1% below the national average. 83 hold an associate's degree. So when you start looking at some of this stuff, you all, where do we go? Caller, you're on the, one, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. What you got for me? How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. What you got for me? Hello? I- can you hear me? Can you hear me? You're on the air. Can you hear me? All right. Hello. Hey, call back again. We we have some technical difficulties. Technical difficulties, but give us a call back. Let me know what you got for me. How can we make Milwaukee a great place to live, work, and play? Because ultimately, that's what we all want. We want to live in a place that's a good place to live, a good place to work, a good place to play. And so far, what I think is happening is, you know, I if I had to gauge it, you all, it sounds like we're becoming a place where people just tolerate living. And that's a that's a bad formula for success, because that means the first opportunity that a person gets to to bounce, they're out. And so do we want to be a place that just tolerates uh, where we live at or we're just surviving? Or do we want to be a place where people are going, you know what, we love our city. We love being here. And I think people are getting a little tired because it's hard to be enthusiastic when all the time, when every time you read the news or you see some of these statistics, it, it, it's hard. You know, it's, it's hard to, to keep your morale up when you consistently see the drama, the turmoil, the chaos. And this is not to say that nobody's working on it. I will say I don't believe there's a unified strategy where people are working on it together. But let's look at educational attainment. And we'll talk about this during the next hour because I just want to give you all some of these statistics. And I want you all to see how this factors into the lack thereof of a strategy. The highest educational attainment you have roughly... 176,000 people with a high school diploma. You got 121,000 people with some college. Now, the good thing about Milwaukee at one point is now you're starting to see, and this is Milwaukee County, so it's not necessarily Milwaukee, but you're starting to see people, I believe, take education maybe a little bit more seriously as we redefine education. I think one of the problems that happened is that we defined education as, well, you have to go to school. That's not just education. And quite honestly, quite frankly, at this point, you don't even need to be in a brick-and-mortar system to be educated. You can literally learn so much stuff on YouTube or Coursera. Uh, You can take online classes from all over the place now. But 
what happens is that lack of education affects our decision making. That lack of education affects, you know, how do we execute things and how do we strategize and get get goals together? I'm not saying it's it's non-existent, but what I am saying is that education in all of its form helps you learn and grow. If we're producing a bunch of people that don't value education, then you will get what people who don't value education value, which is taking care of me, making sure I'm okay, and we don't care about the rest of you all. And I think at some point it gets very tiring to try to, in essence, shoulder that load. Because you all, believe it or not, when you pay taxes, when you are contributing to a city, you are sharing that load. When you are putting money into the system and government has to take that money and use it to house the incarcerated individuals, you are shouldering that burden. And I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad or good thing. It's a reality, though. It's a reality that you are in some way, shape, or form shouldering that. And we have to get to a point where there's an understanding that either we will change trajectory or change course, or as Sandra called in, as a number of people have said years and years ago, Milwaukee is not too far away from being like a Detroit or a Gary, Indiana. And so if you know you are targeted, then what things do you need to do to offset that targeting? And then maybe that you don't kill it, but if you know people outside of Milwaukee are targeting you, then shouldn't we have a strategy or a game plan for it? Let's look at unemployment, the demographics. So in Milwaukee County, again, this is as of March 23, the largest group of unemployed individuals are between the ages of 35 and 44. That's prime working age, everybody. And then the next, the next, in, the next closest to that largest group, age 25 to 34. Those are your largest unemployed individuals. And then after that, it's 45, it's 40, 45 to age 54. Let's, if we look at it by gender, it's males. Now, you all know these numbers. You, you may know them intuitively. Some of you know them just from being around and you've seen these kinds of reports. But think about this. Your largest group of unemployed individuals are males between the ages of 25 to 45. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. If we look at race, of course, the largest race, because this is Milwaukee County, is white. The next is black. So let's start, let's start looking at this data and then whittling it down. Your largest group of unemployed individuals are black men in the city of Milwaukee between the ages of 20-something and 40-something. That is a problem. And it's a problem because if you do not have something for these individuals to go after, goals, if they're not getting it in the educational system, what do we think is going to happen? I mean, let's be quite honest. What do we? None of this stuff should be a shock to us, right? None of this stuff should be a shock. So the question on the table then is, well, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to turn this thing around? And if you know you have to address education, if you know you have to address uh, the labor force, workforce, if you know you have to address, you know, how do we build equity and wealth, 
and you know that you are a target, then the moves you make have to be different. The first move is you got to get together and come up with a game plan. So let's look at some other numbers. And here's where I think these, these are some good numbers. We're going to talk about these uh, once we return from the break. And the conversation on the other side will be, again, what do we need to do to make this city a great place to live, work, and play? This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I'm Jason Fields, and for Dr. Ken, who was on assignment, the town, we are talking about what, what would make this a great place to live, work, and play. What you got for me? How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? I believe that what we need is like I said before, we need a comprehensive ex effort when it comes down to the kids and education. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have uh, uh, no sense for answers, but what we need to do is well, you know, we need to get our kids more educated. Like you said, we do. You know, we we need to uh, uh, raise them right, whatever that is. Right. You know, everybody has a different a take on what's raising the kids right, but I, I'm sure if we come together. And have some baseline rules of like what exactly what you want these kids to do, and then balance that. How you breaking up on me, man? Um, you know Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson just had a big, um, you know, a big, a big, um, you know, anniversary or whatnot like that. Let's Harley Davidson to get some more jobs for CNC and get kids in CNC at the lower levels of like. You know, maybe eighth grade, ninth grade, you know, stuff like that. Thank you, Tom. That's actually a good, that's a great suggestion, man, to be honest with you. Um, Al, what you got for me, man? Well, the first thing I want to say, when black people stop acting like it's Europeans in the Bible, they can get something <laughs> done. Number two, those black politicians who move their feet like they got doubt, they need to be voted out. Mm. Number three, Ask the youth, why do you want to hurt somebody who looks just like you? Because nobody's asking what's going on. And then the, here's the real big question. How is it we got 597,000 manufacturing jobs in the United States, and we can't get at least 50 of them in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, when we got old abandoned factories and all of that raw land? Because you know when you have jobs and people are able to provide for their family, they won't have as much crime. But when you do things from your heart to keep the inner city devastated, this is what you got. That is why these public officials will never speak about it, because if they look in the mirror and see who they are, they will know the root of the problem, which means they got to go against who they serve. And that is the butt-naked truth. <laughs> I love it, Alice. Been a, man, I haven't heard you in a, Say it again, B. <laughs> uh, I, 20 seconds till break. 
All right. You know what? Al in the town, y'all gave us some good stuff. I want to address. And thank you for calling in because I literally think you both had, uh, you both hit on some good stuff. And when we come back, I want to expand on some of that and just confirm what you both have said. Uh, We'll have more of this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth.